Welcome to the World of Rex. It is the weekly vibe check for the week of January 16th to January 22nd. We are here in the transition point between Aquarius, uh, Capricorn and Aquarius, Capricorn heading into Aquarius season. In the Northern Hemisphere, it is still very much winter. This is winter times. And it's interesting on the Northern Hemisphere where a lot of, you know, Western astrology was, you know, really formulated in the Northern Hemisphere. And so when you look at the planets and what they are associated with in terms of the astrology, Saturn rules Aquarius and Capricorn, both signs. And Saturn is generally described as a cold, dry planet that kind of starves things. And what happens during winter? Plants are obviously dead. There is a lot of sort of starved energy, and there's not as much light available on the Northern Hemisphere. So I find it really, really interesting just from that perspective. I know that it only really applies to, you know, one hemisphere of the world, but essentially this is a cold, dry time. It is a serious time. We are making the transition to Aquarius, though, and I will talk about some of the minutiae because there are profound differences between the Saturn of Capricorn and the Saturn of Aquarius, right? We have different themes with these two, but they both deal with Saturn, and Saturn is in lots of ways heavy karmic, wants us to take things very seriously, wants us to really find logic and structure and a vessel. The divine side of it that I love about Saturn, as someone who has Saturn in Aquarius, which is a very strong Saturnian signature, I have a very strong Saturn in my chart, Saturn is about finding the like miracle in having boundaries, in having structures in your life, and even if they sometimes feel limiting, which is definitely a Saturnian word, limitation, that limitation can bring about a lot of freedom. And I talked about this in 2020 um, in, I think, maybe some YouTube, uh, some Instagram videos I did. I don't know if they're still up. But I've talked about this at length, and 2020 was this profound time where we actually had the Saturn build up, Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, and Capricorn, right? All answering to Saturn. And Saturn was like, I'm going to make the world feel so extremely boundaried that no one's going to know what to do. So <laughs> that's what happened when the pandemic happened, right? That was all Saturn. Now, the the great news is that, as I, I've said, in March, Saturn will move into Pisces, so it will leave its domicile. It has been in its domicile. Saturn has been in its domicile of Capricorn and Aquarius, which means its home signs for the last almost five years, which is pretty wild. And all of a sudden, come March, we're going to see a huge difference. We're just going to see a profound difference. So this week, I just want to say is still we're deep in a somber tone. We're still deep in a serious structure oriented tone. I just want everyone to feel that at the top. It's okay if you feel a little bit like you're taking things really seriously. There's a lot to do with relationships here. Venus is still very active. Mars is direct, but he's not. He's literally grinding into the eight degree mark of, of Gemini. So I want to say to all the people, like Mars is not doing much, but he's also, if you if you are a person that has any profound placements, whether this is your sun, moon, rising, midheaven, I see all of the sensitive points of your chart, if they're at anywhere between 6 to 10 degrees of the mutable signs, Gemini, Pisces, Cancer, and Virgo, this is going to feel especially intense for you right now. You have a highly activated chart. Mars is really asking you to look at something, and in general, it has to do with the way you communicate because Gemini is the communicator. I talked about this last episode, but he's still there. I mean, Mars is super slow. He is sitting at eight degrees, and he's a little toddler throwing a tantrum. 
and making a big mess. But on the other side of him making a big mess, there's a profound transformation. Mars creates, uh, you know, he cuts things open like a surgeon to be looked at, which, you know, blood and guts. But then on the other side, you're like, oh, okay, there's a new system happening here. We're figuring something out at the very least. But you may leave with less organs. <laughs> so that's Mars. <laughs> it is a big week. Right. So we've got the Saturnian energy. Saturn and Mars are both in ancient astrology considered malefics. So they're considered really challenging planets. They are considered in some ways like bad boys. They're the bad boys. But and also they are here to really draw our attention a little forcefully into places that need to be changed. And what I see this week, it's a lot about structures, how you're communicating and touching in with like, am I not being diligent in certain areas of my life that keep me isolated from the community? So that's a big thing. Like, what is your level of determination to be an integrated and authentic person who can then be a citizen of your community, be a citizen of the world? These are big questions this week. There is a, an intense new moon in Aquarius happening on the weekend. So this is integration station of powers and structures and boundaries and it's very Aquarian. We're about to enter like an extremely Aquarian um, space this week. So if, if anything, ponder what you know about the sign of Aquarius, because that is the big, that is, that is this week is Aquarius. It's such an Aquarian week. In some ways it may be the most Aquarius week of Aquarius season <laughs> this week. Now, let me, let me tell you what is Aquarius. I'll give some, I'll give a little bit of hints instead of just making you do all the work. I mean, that would be very Saturn of me to be like, go, go look it up. But Aquarius is the 11th sign of the Zodiac. It rules the 11th house. Interestingly, Aquarius has a lot to do with astrology, but it also has to do with tech. So the entire tech sector is ruled by Aquarius. Social media falls under this house as well, um, alongside Gemini. And Aquarius is always future-oriented. It is very interested in equalizing people. So that can be good on like a, like, you know, allowing for equal opportunity. But also there is a profound shadow side to Aquarius, which is fascism, like or or, or like a really intense forms of like communism, uh, kind of big brother type or 1984 kind of stuff, you know. So everyone's equal, but everyone's oppressed. Like that can be the shadow side of Aquarius. But Aquarius, regardless, is really interested in sort of creating level ground so that everyone has a um, an innate sense of everyone else containing the same level of humanity. Aquarius is like, hey, like fundamentally, we are a species, which is a unified organism, and we all need to work together. So that's kind of an awesome way to look at it. But then that can always take a dystopian turn. Just things to consider. The person, an individual who is highly Aquarian, um, I have an Aquarius stellium, so you're, you're listening to one. Uh, they can be very friendly. Generally, Aquariuses are extremely friendly, very interested in other humans, almost like even in a scientific way. But that scientific quality can ex can be experienced as aloofness, detachment. Uh, Aquarians are like profoundly known for the moment that they really make an opinion about something, it's like locked down in a, in a vault. Like the moment they say no as a boundary, it is a profound Saturnian boundary from an Aquarius. They're generally pretty open-minded up until that point, and then when they have clarity, it's it's a deeper no, I think, even than a Capricorn is capable of, which is, <laughs> for, for anyone who knows, when a Capricorn sets a boundary, ooh, it's a boundary. 
So Aquarians are, you know, aloof, detached, friend-oriented, often very platonic. Even the way they love and their love languages can be very platonic. They have to be friends with their partners. They have to be, you know, they have to have lots of friends in general. And again, social media and networking is a huge part of Aquarius. Like, how many people do I know? Sometimes it's quantity over quality, but, you know, depends on the chart. So that's the week uh, vibe is the signature of Aquarius. There is potential for innovation this week because the ruling planet of Aquarius in modern astrology is Uranus. And Uranus is the planet of divine breakthrough, just like boom, like lightning bolt. Like we figured it out. I have to move this way now because I can't redo my life basically. Like I can't go back. I can't go back. It's all future oriented. Aquarius is all about the future. So in this week, we are like moving into the future, like back to the future. So we're doing that. And there isn't, there should not be a ton of nostalgia or trying to attach yourself to the past. Now this is, this leads perfectly into Monday. Monday, we start out with, it is the 16th of January. We start out with Honestly, like the week starts out really intense, like right off the bat, because the moon is in Scorpio. Scorpio moons, the moon in Scorpio is a lot about psychological baggage, trauma, like, you know, CPTSD, epigenetic trauma, like Pluto. Well, Pluto rules Scorpio, but Scorpio is the sign that kind of holds all of that gunk, holds all of the profound pain of an individual. The moon will be there, so that's going to affect the collective's relationship to the body. Everyone's going to be feeling the intensity of a Scorpio moon on Monday. And it is squaring. It enters into a square with Venus and then enters into a square with Saturn. Boom, boom. Like, boom, boom on Monday. The phrase I wrote, actually, after you know doing some research into, into some of Gabor Mate's work, who's wonderful, fantastic. You can look him up. G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E. I think I talked about him last time. He, uh, as I was research, it was funny, as I was doing the astro- astrological research for this day, I actually pulled up my YouTube and boom, there was a video that said authenticity can heal trauma. Authenticity can heal trauma by, by Gabor Mate. It was a speech he was giving. And I laughed because I read it and I was like, that's the transit for Monday. Authenticity can heal trauma. I mean, it was like, that's how my practice works is like things happen very quantum, which is also very Aquarian. Things just like literally fall into place immediately before my eyes. So this happened and I was like, okay, so we'll just talk about this video then. So I'm going to start Monday off with talking about the video that I watched called Authenticity Can Heal Trauma. This is from Gabor Mate. And in some ways, Gabor is very Aquarian. I actually don't know his chart, and I should pull it up if I'm going to be a good astrologer right now. I'm not going to pull it up, but I will later. He's very Aquarian in the sense that the way, even his affect and the way he talks has a certain level of scientific detachment to it. And in fact, his job is to detach our addiction to our trauma. That's his job on this planet. And he's really interested in healing our inner wounds, which is all, you know, Scorpio. So he talks about trauma as not an event that happened to you or even a person that caused you trauma. It is, it is actually a living entity. It's an emotional memory that's embedded in the nervous system that actually at some point has nothing to, like, it's not attached to what the events that happened. It is its own organism inside the nervous system. And it gets triggered when anything remotely resembling it, re- resembling the event, right, the details of the event, happens in our life decades later. You know, decades, decades, decades later, so the tr- for the trigger to actually do anything to our nervous system, it has to live inside of us and we have to sort of take care of it as something we're carrying around. 
Now, this is all profoundly subverbal. It's subconscious. It's precognitive, right? All of these things, which means that we're not aware of it as it's as the trigger is happening. But for a trigger to do anything, Mate says, there has to be an explosive charge. There has to be like ammunition inside of our body that we're carrying like metal, you know? So and it ha- it's basically unintegrated baggage within us. So the, que- the big question, this is all Scorpio, everything I just described. Oh my gosh, Scorpio. Now we move to the Aquarius piece. And this is the square between the Aquarius planets, Saturn and, and Venus this week, and the moon. The moon's bringing the trauma into a direct conflict with the Aquarian question. And the Aquarian question, because it's freedom-oriented, is how do you free yourself from subconscious, subverbal, precognitive memories that are living as trauma inside your body instead of just being constantly triggered by everything that remotely resembles it, right? That's the Scorpio. The way I talk to my Scorpio clients is, you know, you are a scorpion when you are born. And what do scorpions do? They sting everything that they come into contact with that they don't understand. So they're just constantly crawling around on the ground, just like, oop, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It makes me scary. I'm going to kill it. That's what the scorpion does. I then tell my Scorpio clients, you have the potential. There's a threefold path for Scorpios. They go from the scorpion to the phoenix to the dove, and they can actually lift up off the ground and no longer try to kill things that they don't understand. <laughs> now, we, each and every one of us has Scorpio somewhere in our chart. So this doesn't mean that it's, I'm just talking to Scorpio sons. I am talking to everybody. Everybody has Scorpio in their chart. And in fact, wherever you have Scorpio in you, your chart, that's where all your baggage is. That's where all the stuff that you really want to kill lives if you're not integrating it. So the Aquarian question is, how do you free yourself from all this baggage and, and, and stop moving throughout your life being constantly triggered by things that aren't even that event? They're historical. The historical is hysterical, as Ann Ortley likes to say. So we react to a situation that has an original resonance with a primary traumatic event that we perceived, right? We create a story around. And then in that moment, we learn a survival tactic to keep on surviving. And then we revert to that survival tactic in a moment of trigger, right? So that could be shutting down, fight, flight, freeze, right? Fawning. There's all sorts of ways that we create uh, survival mechanisms, So that, you know, and it's all, again, precognitive, a lot of it. Like when you shut down, you're like, I don't know why I'm shutting down. Well, there's a trigger. There's something deep within that then precognitive, precognition, pre your brain even knowing and even your ego knowing what's happening, you're already in the mode of shutting down. This is because you have ammunition inside of you. This is all the Scorpio stuff that's like stuck. So Aquarius, choosing something different is the key. And Gabor Mate was going to, I was like, come on, you got to give us something here. You can't just talk about all this trauma and not give us anything. Well, this is the Aquarius bit. Like, where is the freedom? So Aquarius is about freedom, but it's also about the unpopular choice. And what do I mean by unpopular choice when I'm talking about trauma specifically? The unpopular choice is often the thing that we haven't tried and we don't know if it's safe. So we have to rewrite, and this is so hard. I'm telling you something that is like so hard in practice because how do you make a different choice when you're already triggered? I mean, this is very profound. Well, Gabor gives us a little bit of work. He's like, look, you have to make different choices. You have to make unpopular choices for your nervous system. Where in, not, not for your nervous system, but for the history that you are carrying. Because the history says, well, if every time I get into an argument, I freeze and, and then fight or flight, I leave, right? What's the unpopular choice? The unpopular choice is to stay. 
that's profound. It's intense. And it's also dangerous, right? So our body wants to fight that and the nervous system can get really revved up even choosing an unpopular choice. One thing that Gabor says that we can do that will help us rewrite trauma is authenticity. And what he says about authenticity is like even before you're in situations that are potentially really triggering, right? He's like the work, the most important work you can do in this lifetime, and this is what this week is asking us to do starting off on Monday, is getting in touch with our gut feelings, getting in touch with who we actually are outside of our relationships in a lot of ways, outside of our triggers, learning how to parse what is yours versus what is not yours. And authenticity, it sounds very very vague or potentially very broad, and it is in some ways, but it is about slowly developing a process and even a dedication and a vessel, which is Saturn, everything I just was talking about, Saturn, creating limitations. You're creating limitations and dedication to finding out who you actually are and who you're feeling, what your real feelings are. And most of us actually know how we really feel, but the survival mechanisms just press it very, very, very far down into our body. And so he says, you know, you have to develop a curiosity about your emotions and your gut feelings. And part of why we end up in bad situations often is that we ignore our gut feeling or we feel pressured to do something out of a fear of loss, right? We feel pressure to do something because we actually, our survival mechanisms are like, well, I should just do what other people want me to do because it's, you know, it's going to keep me safe. So we associate being ourselves, being authentic as a threat of being socially rejected in intimate partnerships and in our friend groups. So it's it's fascinating. Like we associate self-authenticity with being a threat on an unconscious level to other people. So we are in relationships where we are afraid to be ourselves. And this is just like a domino effect of, of re-strengthening the ammunition inside of you and re-strengthening the trauma. Only by learning who we truly are and taking, and taking time with that process, because this is about taking time. Saturn is also like, look, this isn't going to happen overnight. It's dedication. It's day in, day out being like, am I in touch with my emotions? So writing, you know, a journal is really wonderful. A diary, very fantastic for this kind of stuff and, and auditing your emotions. But also having just an inter, like an internal dialogue with yourself where you're like, you know, am I... Do I feel, what am, what am I feeling? I mean, it's just so basic, but it's like, what am I feeling? What, you know, listening to gut reactions and, and slowing down when a strong gut reaction comes in or when a strong intuition comes in. And then also thinking about your story that you've told yourself about your life and integrating all those things. Like, how can I rewrite the narratives? How can I rewrite the stories that I've been telling myself that, that impact me in, in, or, and then also help me rewrite my journey in a way that is actually more expansive and free. That's the Aquarian part. So it's like rewriting your own journey, rewriting your own story, as well as being very present with your body in the moment and taking unpopular choices in direct opposition to your survival mechanisms. Scorpio is all about survival mechanisms, and it has this primal level of just the scorpion wanting to survive. And Aquarius, this top of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Aquarius is like, yo, we got to liberate ourselves. Like it is the planet, or sorry, Uranus is the planet of liberation. It is ruled by Aquarius. Boom, boom, boom. We have to liberate ourselves. So there's some, it's deep. Everything I just said, like, thank you, Gabor Mate. It is profoundly deep and it's not easy. And this is like, this is actually like kind of like uh, digging up really deep, gunky, potentially stinky 
detritus inside of us. And it's not easy. This work is not easy. But it comes in real hot Sunday the week before and then Monday. This Monday starts off real, real, real hot. There's like a, a, a ding in the middle of the day on Pacific Coast time that's just like, whew. So there's going to be lots of feelings. I would take this day very slow. I would take this day very slow and I would actually really listen. If you get some download, emotional downloads, because Scorpio is such an emotional sign, if you get some emotional downloads or have some intense dreams, pay attention today. Apply consciousness to your feelings. Apply consciousness to your gut instinct and ask yourself questions about your history and the ammunition that you're carrying inside of you. What is that ammunition? What are the, what are the stories that happened and how can we rewrite those? You can always get a reading with me because I, I do actually, sh I can go really deeply into the chart, especially the z first uh, zero to 14 years of a person's life and, and talk about potentially some more concrete details around what that trigger wound could be and then some advice on how to deal with it given its sign placement, planetary placement, etc. There's a lot of really powerful archetypal work you can do to heal trauma through an astrology reading. So you know where to find me, link tree in the show notes. I will be there for you. And look, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a millennial with Pluto and Scorpio, so I'm not scared of any taboo. You know, people are like, can I tell you this? And I'm like, oh, I ain't going to judge you. Like, I ain't afraid of any of it. <laughs> I live it. I have an exact trine from Pluto to my ascendant. Like, I live in the underworld half the time. Okay. So Tuesday, we've got the sun cruising into Pluto. Speaking of the underworld, we have the sun moving into a Pluto Kazemi. So that means that the sun and Pluto are at the same degree. So this week is just really intense. Like, Wow. I mean, you and very Scorpionic, Pluto, like Sun and Pluto and Capricorn. The moon luckily leaves Scorpio, thank God. The moon leaves Scorpio and enters Sagittarius, but we have Pluto and the Sun. So what happens when Pluto and the Sun meet together, especially at the late degrees of Capricorn? Basically, well, there's a lot for the U.S. around the U.S.'s uh, failing social structures and uh, political and institutional structures. So there's just a lot around, uh, I mean, the federal government is going to be really highlighted, but also just like late capitalism will be really highlighted on a sun, Pluto Kazemi in Capricorn. Like, do the structures work? Oh, no, they don't. Pluto's like, oh, they don't, by the way. Yeah, Pluto's like, I'm burning it down. So that's all happening. We'll see some structural breakdown. We'll see people, power will be shifted, um, or there's just going to be highlighting of where power needs to be shifted in late degrees Capricorn. This is all highlighting, you know, the time right before Pluto moves into Aquarius on March 23rd of this year. So this is a fascinating moment to just watch, like, what's not working societally? Like, what's not working with top-down structures, everything? Like, what's, what's not working with hierarchy? There's going to be lots of questions. Um, and the sun will highlight this. It also, in our personal lives, so I talked kind of more mundane there, but uh, worldly astrology, but in our personal lives, the sun and Pluto coming together is usually like a come to Moses moment, facing the music moment around your relationship to your, to your deepest fears. So this goes right into Monday. Monday and Tuesday are like best buddies. They're hand in hand. Tuesday, the sun moving into Pluto is like, what are you afraid of? The sun highlights Pluto, which is fear. It's the underworld. It's hell. It's the parts of us that we are, it's our shadow. We don't want to integrate them. We're afraid. We don't know what's going to happen in our lives socially if we actually choose our deepest, most powerful parts of ourselves, which are often our shadow. So this is a come to Moses moment. This is a, uh, the light being shown upon uh, the parts of ourselves that go bump in the night. So just more profound psychological breakthrough. There can be power struggles for sure, basically all week, but especially Monday, Tuesday, there can be profound power struggles. People can have like really kind of painful realizations with this transit. You know, and, and 
I mean, it's all par for the course. Mercury is stationing direct the next day and and Mercury stationing direct in Capricorn. So this is all the Capricorn stuff, which is power, control, autonomy, dedication. It has a lot to do with very somber topics like how hard do you work and what's your relationship to hierarchy? And also what's your relationship to your mother and father? Because Cancer and Capricorn are the archetypal parents. And going back to Gabor Mate, like he talks so much about this experience he had when he was in Budapest. He was born in Budapest. And when he was, um, I think, maybe a couple years old, he was it, maybe he was even like a year old or something. He was he was already like 18 months, something like that. And his mother had to hand him off to a stranger in the streets because World War II was um, happening or something. Yeah, the Nazis. Yeah, the Nazis were coming in. Is that true? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Something like that. There was bombing happening in Budapest. Um, you can go look up the story for the exact details. I'm paraphrasing immensely right now. But essentially, I'm pretty sure the Nazis were coming into Budapest. His mother, in a state of panic, handed him to a stranger so that she, so that the stranger could take him away and keep him in safety. He didn't see his mother for a couple months. He did eventually get reunited with her, which is fantastic. However, he talks about this specific memory as what created his ADHD. And he very explicitly is like, I have profound ADHD because at this moment I had a pre, like, precognitive, preverbal subconscious like I don't he's like I don't even have this memory but I know that it happened and I know that it created such a stultifying such a stultifying sense of fear of abandonment and loss and like will I ever see my mother again and this uh, this caused him to dissociate as a young person and he continued to dissociate and dissociate until he got diagnosed with ADHD in his 50s so I mean it's wonderful to actually hear him talk about this because he's so eloquent I bring this all up to say that this whole week, especially Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we are looking at our relationship to the first zero to 14 years of our life and like what happened that created symptoms now and how are we acting hysterically now that's based off of something that happened perhaps before we remember it. This is some heavy stuff. Like I can imagine people listening right now being like, oh, I got to take a break. I got to pause the podcast. It's all so real for this moment. So, you know, there is an ask for integration. That's part of what Mercury's doing as he stations direct in Capricorn with the sun, Pluto, at the same degree in Capricorn. They're like, hey, we have to integrate our relationship to our pain, to our triggers, to our fears, so that we can be our own parents. And how do we reparent ourselves? How do we heal our relationship to our own sense of, of being an authority over ourselves and being... Um, an authentic version of ourselves while having boundaries, while having an intimate relationship with ourselves. I think this happens so much. It's weird. Like late capitalism is so weird. And I think of like housewifization and the creation of the housewife and how there was just such a profound emphasis for capitalism to work on like romantic relationships between a man and a woman historically um, in the 50s, 30s, 40s, 50s. There was like romance was so big and it is so big because it's, you know, it's amazing and it's a miracle to be in love with somebody. But on a deeper level this week, there's a question around, are you intimate with yourself? Like outside of romance and love, like the idea we have socially of love and being in love, are you intimate with yourself? And this is like, this is some big Saturnian kind of heavy lifting around, are you in love with yourself? Whoo, okay. Marvel's on a roll. I'm on the pulpit right now. Okay. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Profound really big 
Friday, the moon enters Capricorn. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't stop. The moon enters Capricorn and we relive the full moon in Cancer, which is actually right now when I'm recording. So you have to think back to January 6th. It could be January 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. This time frame, think back to what was going on for you because as Friday comes in, we are having a resonant moment with that full moon in Cancer. What has changed since the realizations that came through then? The sun also immediately enters Aquarius. So there's, instead of it being us reliving the drama or whatever was happening on the full moon in Cancer, reliving the intensity of that full moon, Aquarius says, actually, we got to do something different for freedom. Now we're doing something different. So the sun all of a sudden moves signs and the sun is this big, it's the luminary. It's just like, we got to be freaky. We got to make an unpopular decision about how we're doing things in regards to whatever came up during that full moon. So changes, cha-cha-cha changes, changes that are oriented towards the future and they're about healing the past so that we can move deeply into the future. Now let's talk about the Aquarius new moon that happens on Saturday. So it's, it's like bang, bang, bang. This week is just one day after another of intensity. The sun moves into Aquarius. Then the next day there is a new moon. So the moon and the sun are at the same degree in early Aquarius, basically conjunct Pluto. So Pluto, again, Scorpio, Pluto being the ruler of Scorpio, this is all about unleashing baggage, unleashing the ammunition inside of us that allows us to get so triggered. It's so big. That's what this week is. It's so like it's just on the nose. Sometimes the astrology just weaves this beautiful storyline. And that's what this is this week. Now, what can Aquarius offer us that can help change the deepest, darkest, scariest parts of who we are and our fears, our fears of abandonment, our fears of rejection? How does Aquarius give us medicine on this new moon on Saturday and Sunday? Well, Aquarius can be very good very, very good. It is the scientist. Aquarius can be very good at being logical and discerning and cold and calculated. I'm saying all these things and everyone's like, ooh, that's ooh, ooh, ooh. But the aloofness and the, the, and the detachment that Aquarius offers us can actually help us get a different frame of mind or a new framing of a power struggle or a trauma. So again, it can actually allow us to see the forest for the trees and start making different choices because we see the data set differently. This is all very Aquarian speak. You know, they look at the emotions like a data set and they're like, how do I delineate all of this? Boop, boop, boop. Like put it into a computer. Beep, beep, beep. Um, that, that can be helpful this week though. That's what the new moon is saying is like, can we look at this from a bird's eye view in a lot of ways, from a detached point of view? And it is about creating Saturnian things because Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. So new boundaries, new innovative boundaries, and especially ones that we've been thinking about all of January because this, uh, even late December, all of January, because that's when this Mercury retrograde has been going through Capricorn. And Mars has been stationed retrograde in Gemini for so long, which is all about communication. And like, how are you talking to people about what you are and what you need? So all of that's good and well. It's about building a vessel, building boundaries, speaking your boundaries, which all has to do with the keyword for Aquarius is like authenticity. Like, are you letting your freak flag fly? Are you letting your individuality shine through in an effort to connect, in an effort to repair? But because Pluto's there, there is profound psychological intensity. There is just profound directness, obsession, focus to get things done. It's very serious. So there is a, a really impactful energy underneath all of this, which is Pluto kind of simmering things. 
I see all this plutonic activation in this moment just as like really having each and every one of us face the music in our lives about where we maybe are too afraid to to lean in. And this week is asking us to really lean into the fear and to and to make a different choice around it and to rewrite the story around it. So this is all, yep, Venus and Saturn will be conjunct at this on this full moon. So there's or on this new moon rather. So there's just going to be more seriousness. I mean, there's lots of players. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players in this new moon. It's pretty profound. So Saturn and Venus together in, in an Aquarius world sign or in a Saturn world sign. So Saturn's there in his domicile, in his home, and he's with Venus watching the new moon happen. And Venus and him are like, okay, this is kind of cold and dry and aloof. And we feel like we're in a science lab. Like you can imagine that everyone's in white coats and just like looking at the like bloodied person. It's like your, your trauma is like this, the, is the, uh, the person who's getting surgery done on them. And you're like looking, the body's been cut open. Sorry for the visual, but like you're looking at all the blood and guts and Venus and Saturn are looking down. The sun and moon are looking at the body and they're all like, okay, so this is messy but I think that there can be some sort of cleanup and not just cleanup. Can we give this person a better kidney? Can we give this person a better heart? Can we do something here that ch ch changes the structure of the mechanism of the organism? Like, can we do that? So that's a big question with the new moon and new moons are active for two weeks. So it's like a two week question in a lot of ways. So it doesn't mean you have to figure it out on the weekend, but the weekend is like, are there new structures with all this blood and guts that's just been splayed out all of January. For a lot of people, this involves relationships, but it can also involve money and stuff like that. It really depends on where this falls in your chart, and um, you can get a reading if you want to know where it falls in your chart. So there should be some sort of logic to how you're approaching things on the weekend. That's what Aquarius is really good, good about doing, is applying logic, having conversations that are logical, that are not highly emotional. Um, I like that Jupiter in, uh, in Aries is sextiling this new moon. So Jupiter's offering some expansion, which for a lot of people will feel like new, new possibility. Like, oh, the thing isn't actually dead. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people who maybe broke up during this period of time, especially with Mars retrograde and uh, Mercury retrograde, this sextile to Aries, uh, Jupiter and Aries may actually rekindle things or give people new hope. That is kind of an amazing thing that could happen. Overall, this new moon rules inventiveness, in structure building, technology, the internet, uh, definitely relationships come in, but it's not hyper emotional. It's about, you know, it's not new emotional beginnings right now. It's more like, how do we create containers to help the healing person who just got surgery performed on them? You know, how can we heal the wounds that just came up in these relationships by, cre by creating rules and systems that are also freedom oriented? They're not restrictive the way that Saturn and Capricorn can be. They're more like, yes, these are limitations, but like, wow, like, there's so much potential within these limitations and we're healing together as a team, which is very Aquarian. The question that I wanted to leave everybody with for this week is how can, on the early side of the week, you get in touch with your deeper emotional wounds and your trauma history and see how the ammunition that you're carrying inside of you limits you in connection with others as well as in connection with yourself and your authentic self. And then the new moon on the weekend says, okay, so now that you have some information and maybe it was painful to think about, but it came up, what are some manageable logical steps to create a new structure to heal your wounds and integrate yourself more into your community and into yourself, like more integrate yourself more into yourself, but also integrate yourself more into your community. 
like you can't do anything if you're not healing yourself. Like you cannot really show up for your for your community if you're not working on yourself. This is just so true. And I think a lot of social justice warriors skip this step and it's very dangerous. So, you know, where can we in in um put in a sense of freedom into old storylines? Like how can we inject a sense of freedom into our narratives and also into the actual pain we're experiencing in our body? historically in our bodies and our minds. So I hope that was helpful. It was a lot. It's kind of a deep, it's a deep week. I'm recording on a full moon, but this is a profound week. It's really exciting because there just looks like a lot of newness on the other side of it, but it is a heavy lift, which is Saturn. Saturn always asks us to do a heavy lift. So if you're feeling somber or serious this week, or even like a little bit possessed because Pluto can create a a level of obsession and possession, it's okay. Take it slow. There are innovative answers available this week. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening to The World of Rex. It is so wonderful to have an audience. I love people, you know, reaching out to me and giving me love. I love to feel it. And if you want a reading, the link is in my show notes. It's still a really great time until March. I mean, you can get readings after March too, but this is a wonderful prep period to know what the big uh, kahuna sauce is for you in 2023. And that really kicks up in March. So getting prepped for March and April and May is really exciting. You can reach out to me to do that. If not, definitely you know, rate the podcast, review the podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your friends. Very Aquarian. A very Aquarian thing to do is share it with your friends. Uh, (laughs) And if any of your friends want readings, you can always reach out to me. I'm available. Send them my way. I'm very open to that. Love meeting new people. As an Aquarius stellium, I love meeting new people. And we will uh, have some guests coming up in the future. I am pre-recording these episodes because I'm going to be gone for a lot of January and early February. I'm going to be busy, busy, busy. But I'm coming back in mid-February with more, uh, just more guests, more uh, intentional episodes. Not that these aren't intentional. That was very intense. But I will just be more in the podcast zone. Now I'm trying to get things set up so that y'all can enjoy these weeks when I am a little too busy to be doing it every week. Okay. Well, that was over-explaining things, but you get my drift. I love each and every one of you. Good luck this week. You've got it. Take it really slow. And I'm here for you. Just reach out in the link in the show notes and I will catch you next week on the world of Rex. Rex.